seven GCSEs with good grades, and his teachers say his A-level work has been great. This is just a blip. Malcolm laughed lightly. A blip? Hardly what I would call it. Margaret swallowed her anger, took a deep breath, and answered very quietly. This decision will have a huge, huge impact on his life. Right now he has a chance, and you are about to take it away. There are other options. I want you to take a step back and think very carefully. One of us does need to step back. I've said my piece. All I'm asking is that you sleep on it. Malcolm's hands fell into his lap. He clasped them and then raised his thumbs at the same time as he raised his eyebrows. Margaret took it as assent. Thank you, she managed before she slipped on her coat. Drive carefully, there's a freeze on. Margaret smiled at him, lips tight shut. Malcolm was young for a head teacher, early forties, a keen mountain climber. He was only seven years older than Margaret, and they were friends of sorts. They didn't often have differences, and he had backed her rise to the school leadership. You too, she had said. The conversation tossed and turned in Margaret's mind as she walked to the car. She thought about Stephen, with his violent older brother and collection of primary school swimming trophies. She thought about Malcolm and his insinuation that her viewpoint was personal, emotional. The snow had become a blizzard and flakes swarmed. She was thirsty and tired and could feel her hair getting wet. She saw the car, took the key from her pocket and pressed the button to open the doors. As the headlights flashed on the new snow, she slipped. She was carrying too many things and was unable to stop herself. She fell, hard. Picking herself up, Margaret realized that she had skinned her knees. Her handbag was disemboweled and the papers for tomorrow's meeting were dampening in the snow. Jesus Christ, she whispered as her knuckles grazed the tarmac chasing her iPhone. In the car, she glanced at her face in the rearview mirror and ran her fingernails through her dark, cropped hair. She had worn her hair short since her early twenties. It accentuated her big eyes and the teardrop shape of her face. The snow had wet her lashes and ruined the eyeliner that ran along her upper lid in a perfect cat's eye. She ran her thumb beneath each brow. The lights from the school illuminated her face in the mirror, making her seem paler, childishly young, and lost. She turned the key in the ignition, but the engine merely whined at her. You have got to be kidding, she said under her breath. Come on, you can do it. She waited ten seconds before turning the key again, blowing on to her stinging knuckles, and wondering if she might actually self-combust if she couldn't even get out of the bloody parking lot. Often she took the tube to work, but there was disruption today and she hadn't wanted to risk being late. She turned the key again. The engine whined, coughed, but then started. Thank you, Margaret whispered, pumping the accelerator, turning on the lights and the radio. She put on her seatbelt, turned on the heater, exhaled, then glanced at Ben's text on her iPhone before she turned onto the road. We need milk, but only if you get a chance. Kiss, kiss. The wipers were on full, the snow gathering at the corners of the windshield. She turned right into Willis Street, and then, after the Green Man interchange, she took the first exit, signposted Cambridge and Stansted Airport. It was just over a half-hour drive from the school to Loughton in good conditions, but because of the snow and the heavy traffic today, 
Margaret expected it would take her forty minutes or more to get home. Under her opaque tights, her skinned knees were stinging. The sensation reminded her of being a child. She banged the back of her head gently off the headrest, as if to shake the worries from her mind. Ben would be making dinner, but as soon as she had eaten it, it would be time to take Paula to her acting class in the local community centre, where Margaret would sit drinking weak machine coffee, preparing for her meeting tomorrow. If they made it home early, she would be in time to stop the fight that Ben and Elliot, their seven-year-old, always seemed to have around bedtime, when her son was reluctant to relinquish his iPad. She was a young parent, or young by today's standards, twenty-five when she married Ben, and twenty-six when Paula was born, with Elliot coming only two years later. Ben was a freelance writer and worked from home, and Margaret sometimes felt jealous that he saw more of the children than she did. Often it was Ben who welcomed...